Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. I'm super happy that you guys are here with us today. We've got an incredible guest on the show. Has started, invested, like built major divisions in major corporations, and like understands what it takes to get a business off the ground. Understands how to like target your perfect market, like all these cool things. I'm super excited to have him here. But before we introduce today's guest. I have to introduce my co-host, the one, the only, the bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dean Holland. <laughs> what an introduction. You know, when I woke up today, I thought, I'm looking forward to this. And I, <laughs> wow, with that introduction, come on. How are you doing, James? <laughs> I'm better now that we're here, man. You bet. You bet. I bet you woke up today and thought, I can't wait to spend the day with Dean. It's exactly the opposite thought that I had, but I appreciate you guessing. <laughs> and so it begins. I was like, oh, no, is that today? <laughs> did you like my little song that I sent you this morning? I did. For those of you guys listening, I got a, a message from Dean where he was uh, serenading me, telling me how today was the podcast day. Yeah, that um, happened. It did happen. <laughs> I hadn't planned on bringing it up, but thank you anyway, Dean. <laughs> So today's guest, let's jump in. Yeah. So today's guest, we are joined by Patrick McKenna. And Patrick, you know, one of the reasons uh, that I want to have Patrick on the show, we talk with a lot of people who, you know, start their own businesses or have been entrepreneurs and, and all of that is inspiring and amazing. But there are other people who spend a considerable amount of time growing uh, like a corporate division. And that was kind of my background. So I guess Patrick has has something similar that I did in my background. I was like, oh, cool. Somebody else who kind of made that transition from corporate to running startups and investing in other companies and everything like that. Super successful investor. Patrick, welcome to the show, man. It's great to have you. Hey, thanks, James. Uh, thanks, Dean. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's okay if you don't thank Dean. That's totally okay. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I noticed the hesitation. It was like, do I mention Dean? Oh, go on then, I will, I will. Yeah, I guess he disregarded my pre-show briefing where he didn't have to pay attention <laughs> right. to you. <laughs> he was like, did this really come from the show or is this just direct from James? He says, <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Patrick, so, um, so first of all, I got to ask you, where did you get your desire to you know, kind of be in business in like the first place? Was it something you always wanted or something you sort of found your way into? Yeah. You know, that's, that's interesting. I, I was going to be a lawyer and about my junior year in college, I, I realized that I didn't want to be a lawyer. anymore, <laughs> And so I, I thought I'd, I'd just cut my teeth in business. And, and I didn't even know what that meant, to be honest with you, because I was so far down that professional service career path. Yeah. And so I, I did what, you know, I think anybody who doesn't have a business degree has to do. You go into sales, right? So I was I was a sales guy. Oh, right. Okay. Well, what, what did you sell? 
So I was selling back in the day, you used to have a, a, a line that went from the street into your house and probably went off a telephone pole. I would sell an MCI long distance services against, you know, Ma Bell, AT&T. Was that like, did you go like door to door? Like, how did you do that? I did. Literally. You did really? Yep. Business, business to business. I was in business on the business side, but I was going door to door, ignoring the non-solicitation signs on, on large buildings, right? <laughs> They're like, didn't you see the sign? You're like, no, I can't read. I just can sell you a great telephone service. <laughs> there, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. I don't even know if you could do that anymore. I can't even imagine someone walking into to, you know our Chicago office and 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 trying to pitch me uh, long distance services or any other service for that matter. But, <laughs> do you uh, think if it happened, you'd have like this super small soft spot and you'd be like, "All right, listen, I'm going to give you thirty seconds." <laughs> I, I, you know what? I I don't know. Sometimes I do. <laughs> Sometimes I do. But I feel like I get such a barrage of robot calls and emails yeah. anymore that you know I used to try to to really be I don't know empathetic about it. Now I'm just like I don't have time for this. I really don't. I'm one of those guys now. Yeah. No. I totally get it. So all right. So before we move on to some of the stuff that you're you're doing now and everything, biz door to door business to business sales in something like that's like that's brutal like that is literally like going to war every day yeah you talk about hard knocks i mean i don't think anyone ever wanted to have someone on their doorstep you know no. i'm a total stranger and i'd like to take a look at your long distance bill and see how we can help you you know what i mean like who, who <laughs> right so what were like i mean you got to develop a thick skin you got to really develop a fast way to get rapport with people You've got to have a good hook to get in the door. Like, what were some of the things that you learned from sort of that trial by fire? Yeah, you know what I learned was uh, you you have to take an interest in the business that you're selling, and so that's what I would try to do. And I I would try to really pay attention to, um, you know how a. a a certain vertical of business, what sort of things were really important to them. And because I got to look at their, their long distance bill, I could sort of go, Oh, Hey, you know, you're, you're in import export. You're, you're probably calling Japan and it's probably costing you X, you know, like those types of things. But I would, I would really try to get an understanding of what their daily business life looked like and try to really get in at a personal level. Like you are saying, I had to make an impression like super fast, like probably 90 seconds. Right? Yeah. So James, you know how you uh, you had my story at my wedding of, of parakeets? So I, yes, have, I, I have another I'm... story. <laughs> All right. This is good. So at some stage in my life, I think I was maybe early 20s, speaking of this door-to-door telecommunication sales, I was jumping from like loads of different jobs trying to figure my life out. And one of those jobs I happened to land in was the exact same thing that Patrick is speaking about. Ah. Except at this stage, I've never done anything to do with sales in my life. I'm like probably one of the most shyest, introverted, quiet (laughs) people you've ever met that literally just used to sit in a bedroom on his own, not doing anything with any friends. And uh, so all of a sudden I'm out there like having to go to these appointments to try and sell businesses on why they should buy their telecommunications off me. But uh, my, my sales tactic was always like, I don't want to talk to you. They used to say, "Like I don't, I'm not interested." And I'd go, "Okay, bye." So that was oh. it. That, that that job lasted like a week. 
so yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> That's amazing. So so the old advice, don't take no for an answer. You're like, that is horrible advice. I will take no for an answer. Right. Because I, I, I had nothing prepared to go back with. It was like, okay, you don't want it. That's well, that's it. That's that. that we're done here. That's amazing. You know, it's really funny too that we're talking about this because in college, <laughs> James, I, I too sold telecommunication. No, I did. I swear to God. No, um, no way. Yeah, no, no, for real. Like, so uh, it wasn't anything like big or official, but there was a company during the whole time when everyone was getting into voice over IP, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and you know I had uh, I had a long distance relationship in college, and my phone bill was more money than my rent, and I was <laughs> like, man, I I can barely afford my rent now. I can't even talk to my girlfriend. This is crazy, and I found this company that was doing voice over IP, and I went from paying like three hundred and four hundred dollars a month on my phone bill down to like a flat twenty or thirty dollars a month, and I thought this was the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. So I called the guy up and I said, hey. This need like people need this. Can I just can I sell this for you? Do you like can you give me a commission or can I get like an affiliate program or something like that? And he's like, Yeah, go for it. And so I branded it Titan Communications. I had no idea what I was doing. And I built a quick website and I printed off probably 500 flyers in the computer <laughs> lab at college. And and I went around with uh with my girlfriend at the time. We later Anyway, long story about that, but we <laughs> we, we wound up getting married. Good so, sales strategy. <laughs> yeah. So I um, but she and I went around to this neighborhood, knocking on doors, handing out these flyers for Titan Communications, and um, I'm pretty sure we didn't make one sale the entire time we were doing it. Nice. Yes. Nice. So Patrick, I hope your history went a little better than ours did. <laughs> well, Patrick is actually. It's funny that you say that, Dean. Patrick is actually here today. Uh, trying to get you and I to reduce our phone bill. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, somebody needs to do something about my cell, cell phone bill, right? Like when is that going to start being a, a penny, a, a, you know, a call or something like that? This is, these guys well, have James had a, has a subsidiary of Titan Communications and he can speak about you that afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. These guys have had a long run. I've been in that space. I know it pretty well. It's like, okay, you're still building the network, really. All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So, so let's let's move past the past that stage in your life. You you were recruited very early on in uh, in a key position at Microsoft, though, when they were developing the whole Windows Windows uh, Entertainment division, right? Like you started there, and then you took it to like you know, like over 40,000 people in, in a short period of time. Like, what the heck was that roller coaster ride like? I mean, it was great. I mean, you know, we we bet really hard on video on the internet. You know, it's... it's um, it, I don't think that really panned out, though, did it? Nobody really watches video on the internet anymore. You know, it didn't <laughs> pan out for, for them. You know, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, they, you know, Microsoft at the time... We were we were so big. I mean, you know, Google, you know, was wasn't even really going. I mean, in '97 when this thing started, and you know, Apple wasn't kind of in trouble, um, and so we were the we were the one, right? And Real Networks was out there, and um, we we wanted to be competitive. We were afraid to lose the desktop to you know the real player. We started building a, a competitive product, but the, the 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 challenge was was so bleeding edge back then right and 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 that was that was 
kind of what happened with with uh, Windows Media Technologies, if you will. Now, there's a ton of IP there, and I'm sure Microsoft is is continuing to monetize that. But but yeah, that that became sort of the darling of Microsoft because of the growth of video and audio over the internet, and we started gobbling up other divisions of Microsoft that sort of were deemed entertainment, you know? So Xbox became part of that group. And well, this sort of embarrassing, the Zune player, we got into that player stuff uh, uh, quite a few times, but yeah, it became the media and entertainment division of, of Microsoft and, and it, and it just took off and it was so much fun. I mean, we were working with, you know, all kinds of other bleeding edge, you know, audio and video companies out there. Um, and some of them are, you know, multi-billion dollar companies today. So it's, it's, uh, it was cool to see. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. So, so as somebody who's gone from sort of pounding the pavement, selling, you know, MCI long distance business to business, door to door sales to somebody who helped grow a 40,000 person division in one of the most well-recognized companies in the world, like what do you think is some of the keys to actually taking something from an idea and actually building it into a business and turning into a company. Yeah, I think what you're asking is like, what what was my sort of competitive advantage in in Microsoft? Is that fair? Yeah, and and even how you took that stuff and then now now you uh, you know you've started your own company. You know, it's one of the fastest growing sure. companies um, in the U.S. Like, how are you doing all this? One of the things that I that helped me a lot at Microsoft is I could sell. Right. And, and, and that and that doesn't just mean, you know, selling to an end user, you know, you got to sell internally in the organization. And, and I didn't learn that piece until I got to Microsoft. Right. I would I would get really excited about an opportunity. And before I was sort of in control of 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 how I could, you know, capture that that customer. Right. At, at Microsoft you you get excited about an opportunity and go run into your boss and start talking to him about it before it was fully baked and they would mm. be like you know hey you you might want to think about this a little bit more you know so so that microsoft really helped me get more strategic and gave me the ability to really learn how to dig in on something and for that i'm you know forever grateful that's awesome yeah. So, so now, um, so in, uh, so 2013, so I guess you're, you know, coming up on six years or whatever, you started a company called strike social, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, in 2017, you were the 17th fastest growing private company in the U S yeah. right? Like that's okay, cool. So, so what I want to know is how did all of this stuff from, you know, your early days in sales, all the stuff that you learned at Microsoft, like how do you go, out of the corporate world and say, okay, cool, I have this idea now and go from there to being one of the 17 or the 17th fastest growing company in the US. Like, is it about market analysis, about building a team? Like, what would be the top two to three things that you'd said that you would say led to that result? Good question, James. Yeah. Thank you, Dean. <laughs> Way to go. Um, yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head on, on a couple of them. Like, being able to analyze who the competitors are in the market currently and being able to analyze where you think, you know, video is going to go from a, from a run rate perspective and how big, and then, and then you got to find talent, 
And, you know, you're going to be constantly searching for talent and you're going to be constantly reevaluating the the market analysis if you want to be around, right? But in the initial piece, you know, before you enter, and that that's what I learned from from being at Microsoft on the strategic side, before you enter, you've got to do that, that homework and put the plan together or you're just going to get wiped out. Right. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about, or sorry, Dean, were you about to say something? No, I was concurring. Thanks, Dean. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> Chewbacca's a, a occasional guest on the show, Patrick. <laughs> Not I sure if you had hungry. been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. No, I, I haven't eaten breakfast in my stomach. <laughs> so, okay. So tell us a little bit about Strike Social. Like, what are you guys, uh, what are you guys up to there? Because I know you're doing some cool stuff with you know, marketing, but it's around using artificial intelligence and applying that towards improving marketing and making it more relevant and stuff, right? Yeah. So we, so what we did is we always had a design from the beginning to be in data and, and analytics. So, you know, the first thing that you have to do if you're, if you're planning that is you have to make sure your data is clean. And so you have to use proper naming conventions and all that stuff. And I don't want to get too far into the weeds there, but, you know, having that design sort of allowed us to, to build, you know, the service side of the business and build into the tech side of the business. So now we've got, you know, some self-serve products that we can hand to our customers in a SaaS based model. You know, the idea was to take, the data on the performance side to always ensure that we're the best performing, you know, service provider or technology provider in the space. But while we were doing that, we were watching what, you know, our service people were doing and building that doing into the technology. So that would be where a lot of the artificial intelligence is coming from, right? So instead of, you know, you having to do math on budget analysis or, you know, projections or plans or optimization, we'd get a machine to do that. And so capturing that human, you know, activity and creating an, an actual software asset out of that it was was always sort of the goal. And um you know, it's been a big investment, but but it's paying dividends and it's helping us grow scale. So I don't have thousands of people here. You know, I've you know a hundred and change, and and you know we can manage three times more than we could ever manage before. I think that topic is something that's like pretty uh, near and dear to my heart. Is how to build build systems that that are highly efficient, that ha- that give you a lot of leverage, and that help you you know kind of understand the root of the problem. And then you build something on top of that instead of continuing to go back and just try and scratch your head and figure out like why things aren't working. Um, as, as you've built this team and built this company, you know, what, what have been some of the important things that you've discovered around, um, you know, kind of leveraging people and working with talent to develop these different systems and things that help the company grow? When we first started, it was really kind of like holding on to the end of your seat because we hit the market with with just a really good business model. Like we were, you know, transparent. So we had this trusted relationship between our advertising client or, you know, the brand itself that was like, hey, we're probably going to charge you more than what you're used to hearing in the market, but our performance is going to be so good that 
you know, you're going to get that benefit. In, in hitting that market with that message and the sales team that we had, um, we grew really, really fast. So, so the first part of it is you're kind of holding on to the end of your seat because you're growing quickly, which is what anybody wants. The second part of it is, you know, then capturing that automation into software and, you know, getting the right technical people that can, that can build that product. You know, that's, 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 um, that's the mo- one of the most critical pieces we we struggled with that a little bit because we didn't have a technical co-founder and we started mm. our processes in 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 Poland and and Poland's great but it would be nice i think when you hear that get a technical co-founder thing i think if there's one thing that i learned uh, go do that you know go find that person that you can trust that that can help you really build that vision from the get go Right. Right. So what did you guys wind up doing? Well, we went through we went through a couple CTOs. We've got a good one now, but it's been I would say if there's if there's one piece of advice I could give someone who's starting a business is be prepared to give up a chunk of change to someone who's a rock star in in um software development if that's where you're going. You know, get that expert because what what we've had on our side was you know three co-founders who were business guys right and yeah. and you need that that one person that could be like okay you know where are we on this delivery date and, and and you know what what's the next sprint and stories look like and are they are they hitting these things you need that person on your team so 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 all right so this is really cool um and and I think you know this is good advice I've heard it before the next question that comes to mind, I think for a lot of people, whether it's a you know technical co-founder or you're just starting a different type of business and it's not necessarily, you know, you might be the business person, you might be the person with the idea or something like that, right? Yeah. How do you vet that person? Like if you're gonna be a co-founder with somebody, you're kind of like, all right, we're getting married here. And, you know, if you're you're just like in your case, you're looking at technical co-founders. The world is littered with people who will promise you that they can actually do something and then they really can't. So how did you navigate, you know, or how do you suggest navigating that whole scenario? Yeah, I mean, that's, James, you're, that's really tough, right? You're right. Like you, you have got to validate this guy uh, in his references and that's still not going to protect you entirely right you know friends yeah. friends will you that, i mean it's a very tough role role to fill at, at at a at a company that's trying to build software what we did with our you know founding members is we protected ourselves contractually we always had even if you were a, a founder or co-founder you were still earning your shares Right. Yeah. There was no, yep. the one thing that I see people do a lot, especially in startup companies, is you know you have this sort of like, oh my god, this is going to be so great, and we're going to be working together forever, and and oh, here's fifty percent of the company, and you're like dead right there. Yeah, you know totally. Because I mean? some people, you know, their 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 situation's going to change, or you're you're not going to get along with them, and and so you got to make sure that you're you you protect yourself from the front end. You know, don't do a third, a third, a third. You know what I mean? You got one guy 
who brings the idea and, and brings his own capital and brings the 20 hours a day is got to marry up with, you know, a couple of other guys who are going to earn, earn the rest of it out. And mm-hmm. you're going to be in control. Right. I think mm-hmm. that's, that I see that more than it's, it's, it's every time I see it, I'm like, Oh boy. So if I could sort of summarize and understand what you're saying from your experience, it's basically one, do the absolute best job vetting that person that you possibly can, even though that's not a perfect science, yep. right? Like number one, number two is contractually any sort of equity arrangement, whether it's a startup or you're bringing somebody in later down the line, you want to have earn in provisions that are, you know, they're sort of like, it's sort of throttled, right? You're not giving them the keys to the castle right away. Yeah. Cause you give 33% or 33 and a third or 50% to somebody and there's a disagreement and they take off and they're fully vested. Well, I mean, we're, yeah. What a nightmare. What are you going to do? You know, yeah. shut it down and start it. I see mm. that a lot. They turn it off. Then they restart it. You're just like, Oh geez. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I know I know many people, and in fact, one comes to mind that I was just talking to recently, you know, built a built a tech company. He was the technical co-founder. Uh, um, but he and his partner, so 50-50 thing, mm-hmm. and his partner took off and started doing like all sorts of crazy things with their technology. Oh my god. And uh, like he had to shut it off and you know, three years of lawsuits and finally he got his IP back and can repurpose it and use it for what he wants. But uh, what a nightmare. That total nightmare. And it just kills everything. Because you can't move forward, then you're ta- Then you have lawyers involved. You're trying to figure out who really owns the IP in a fifty-fifty situation. You both do. Uh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. That that that's the only way down the road to protect yourself. But again, like like you said, vetting is not a perfect science, and it doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter who you're hiring. Right. You, you, no one's going to be like, uh, um, yeah, hey, you know, I, I don't think I can do this job. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're offering them a, a, a salary and, and health care and, and a good company. They're like, yeah, there's no problem. I've got the skill to do this. No, it's yeah. Where, where do I start? Yeah. And then you find out that they can't do it or don't want to do it or don't have a passion for it. You know, you can't even get through that in an interview. I, I don't believe. Or they or you find out that they gave you Dean Holland as a reference. <laughs> Yeah, team. and he just says whatever. I, I do do that. You provide references. You got a, a, a sales funnel for that, right? References <laughs> on demand. I do. Yeah, it's my most popular one. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, Dean, I'm sure you've had like partner issues and stuff like that at some point in the past, right? Yeah, definitely. One of my um, so I had uh, my first partnership thing uh, was on a project. I wouldn't put it in like a company realm, but like a significant project back in 2010. Um, and it was actually on a subscription service for a, a training platform. Uh, and, and we were like, just just went into it like, oh, we've got a good idea. And we, me and this other guy, and it was like a 50-50 deal. And it actually fell apart within a year. Like it took off really quick. It went from zero to six figures a month in like 14 weeks. Wow. Um, and but it like it fell apart almost just as quickly, not quite, but almost <laughs> just as quickly because um like there was these differences popping up on like, well, this is fifty fifty, but I'm doing all the work. <laughs> uh-huh. Like and you're not like this this other guy, like it just wasn't things were just falling apart very quick because 
and biggest mistake looking back. I mean, I, I had zero experience back then compared to now. But I think our biggest thing was we never defined the roles of who was going to be responsible for what. Mm-hmm. And I think because it just happened so quickly, like it began because we were all hands on deck and both doing bits of everything. Uh, but as it grew very fast, that same type of arrangement wasn't working. And we just never really defined kind of who was going to do what and whose role was what within the business. And uh, so, yeah, very quickly, like problems began to appear. And within 12 months, we just decided we we hated each other and should never speak again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not quite that bad, but kind of. <laughs> so, so, so the chances are you probably haven't spoken since. Uh, I don't think we have. I mean, Dean, you're getting married, right? I mean, you're you're when you're in that situation, you're 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 right. marrying that other guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. no matter what the splits are, you're you're married. Um, yeah, I, I got true. really lucky. Um, I got two partners. Um, I remember we were we were sitting around the kitchen table, and when you're when you're offshore programming, which is where we started, you're you're on the phone you know, you're on the phone from midnight to, to two in the morning, you know? And I remember there was one thing that we, we, we had written up in a, in a story. We had explained it to the nth degree and, and it was just a, a business use case that was missed that they did everything that we asked them to do. But there was a, there was a business use case where we would be connecting to say the brand's, you know, Twitter account or social account and have the ability to write into their account, right? Like, so we would take a message and and write it into, let's pick a big brand so it sounds awful, Coca-Cola, but it would be coming from us, <laughs> you know? So obviously we wouldn't want to be able to do that. So we, I, I looked at my one of my co-founders and I'm like, you know, one of us has to move to Poland. And... And I, you know what I mean, like Matt, I tried I'm saying that to James with the podcast, but he just wouldn't go for it. Yeah, we we almost relocated to Poland, right? Can, I mean, can you imagine? And he literally looked at me and said, "You know, okay." I mean, because he knew I couldn't do it, right? Because I had a, a, a wife and a kid, and 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 he didn't. And he literally had a plane ticket and was out there in a week. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Right. Um, See, I do have a wife, and I would have gone. <laughs> well, she I don't know who would be happier, you or her. I'm pretty sure it'd be her. She's probably actually gonna listen to this episode and she'll just kind of casually mention you at dinner when Hey Dean, have you ever considered moving to Poland? And you're like, Oh, I don't know, would we like it there? And she's like, Oh, not me, just you. <laughs> your plane leaves in the morning, by the way. Yeah, I already <laughs> packed your bag. Here's your ticket. Yeah. You're in coat. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. So I think just, you know, sort of wrap things up. We've we've talked about some things here today that I think are incredibly important, you know, um, but don't always feel like the sexiest, most exciting things that you need to do when you're running your business, right? Yeah. Like, you know, working on your business model or figuring out your marketing hooks and like all that stuff is super fun and exciting and very, very sexy. And everybody gets attracted to that because it does produce results and it's awesome. But there's all this other stuff too that's not sexy at all, but if you don't do it, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't set yourself up early. You're going to have a very hard time keeping your head down. Because the bottom line is you're not going to get away from how hard the work is, right? In the hours. Yeah. 
And if it doesn't feel like the other people are pulling their weight, it can get pretty frustrating pretty fast. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So before before we go, Patrick, what's your uh, what would be your biggest piece of advice for somebody who's starting a business or has started one, you know, not that long ago, or even you know they're on they're just on the you know sort of the growth trajectory right now? Like, what would you say to that person? Well, if you're if you're thinking of starting a business, is that do you want to start there? Sure, we'll start okay, there. If you're thinking of starting a business, make sure you do a lot of homework. There, there, there's you're going, you're probably going to be emptying your own money or credit cards into this business, and you know the, the, if you don't do, you know several months of analysis, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, you're never going to know everything ever, 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 ever. doesn't matter how much analysis. There's always things that you're like, oh, this is how it really works. But at least set yourself up in a situation where, you know, you can be successful. If you're on a growth traje- trajectory, I think one of the key things that, that I think one of the things that we could have done better is, is hire, uh, really senior talent to help, right? We, we, we tended to ride, um, younger talent really, really hard. And, and I wouldn't be afraid to go write the check for, you know, senior talent, you know, I think mm-hmm. senior guys can take you a long ways and, and it can take you there faster too. So maybe we could have even gone faster, um, with, with some more senior people in, in, in the business earlier on. So, you know, once you're starting to make some money, I would, I, you know, I would start looking for, for now that can backfire too. You can get some senior talent who just, they, they don't gel well with the organization. So you got to be careful of that too. But, but are yeah, you, are sure. you saying that you wouldn't recommend just hiring your friends like I did early on? Dude, not, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I love my friends. <laughs> I love my friends as my friends, right? It's very <laughs> hard to find, um, that friend that friend that can go work in your company. <laughs> right. you know, yeah. You know, it's really hard to find good friends. What's that? It is. I, I'm still looking for somebody who could be a friend and a podcast co-host. <laughs> so far, I've only found a co-host. <laughs> well, yeah. And you know what? Like my co-founders are my friends for sure. Uh, but they weren't my friends. You know, they weren't guys I went to college with and high school with and stuff like that, you know? Right. Like they became your friends as you guys grew something together. Sure. Sure. You need yeah. that. You need that trust and, in, in mm. you know, ethical transparency, let's call it, I think is probably the, a good term. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Dean, any, uh, any parting thoughts or words of wisdom? No, just like you say, uh, I think it's, um, like you say, there's, there's plenty of things behind the scenes in business that, that people don't often want to talk about or hear about, but they're probably the most important areas. So yeah, it's been awesome hearing all of this, Patrick. Thank you. Thanks, Dean. Appreciate it, James. Thank, thank you. It's been great being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for, you know, I mean, like giving us a few minutes of, you know, an entire career, but I think the lessons here are, you know, do your homework, know what you, know what you're getting into, you know, navigate the, you know, the environment and the the environment that you're in, right? Like you talked about how you were doing the door-to-door sales and how to navigate that environment. Then you went to Microsoft and how to figure out how to navigate that. And then, you know, startup and there's different things to navigate. And so I think like, you know, one of the high level takeaways for me from this conversation is just 
you know, making sure that you're really doing your homework and you're getting the lay of the land and that you continue to understand the landscape and the market in which you operate. So been really, really great having you, Patrick. Thanks for being Thanks, here. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And awesome. If you, uh, if you ever find you need any uh, telecommunications upgrade, just give us a call. <laughs> yeah. Titan Communications will flip the switch well, back on. No problem. I've got to lower my cell phone bill. I, I'm, I'm tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're, we're going to work yeah. on it. And uh, and on that note, thank you, Dean, uh, for uh, for being here also. Thank you, James. Always fun doing this with you. <laughs> At least that's what they pay me to say. <laughs> right. Um, Stop reading that script. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Page over. What's this? Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. Um, make sure you're telling your friends about this show if you think it's awesome. And this is another episode, Just Tips. We're going to wrap it up now. Talk to you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.